Chapter Nine of Violet, a Fairy Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Violet, a Fairy Story by Caroline Snowden Guild. Chapter Nine Fairies Again. It had just come into Violet's head that this proud and imperious little mortal in the carriage must be a queen, such as her story-books told about, and had a right to everybody's service and everybody's goods. What strengthened this belief was the fact that fluttering about Narcissa's head she saw, and though her face was wet with tears, she stared at it. The queerest little fairy! Now, too, she saw another fairy perched on Alfred's arm as he read and turning over the leaves of his book, while all about the carriage flew a third, the largest and most splendid of all. He trod upon the servants' heads, right over the crowns of their hats. He would sit down to rest on the necks of the beautiful white horses as they pawed the ground. He whirled round and round Narcissa, even daring to pull her own fairy's hair, while he patted Alfred's fairy on the back quite condescendingly. This little imp was named Pride. He looked, as he flew, like a great scarlet cactus blossom, in his long rich cloak, with heavy tassels that swept the ground, and left wherever they trailed a very fine dust of gold. In this dust the tassels were dipped continually, powdered over with it, finer than the yellow pollen you may have seen on the stamens of a lily. The flower pollen is good for something, but not so pride's gold dust. He only scatters it because it is so expensive, and common people cannot do the same. I have known persons who sold comfortable homes, cheerful hearts, and good consciences, all for a little gold which they ground into this silly powder and threw away. I think pride makes people a little insane. You must take care that none of his gold dust gets into your eyes. The good thing about pride, and there is something good about everybody, was his affection for Alfred's fairy, Ambition. I cannot describe this being. He is so dazzlingly bright. He is the best and the worst fairy I know, for he is at times like each one, and often like all together. It is ambition that makes men good as angels, and everyone knows it is ambition that makes Satan so bad. This fairy is useful, but he cannot be trusted for a moment. He may serve you faithfully through a long life, and at the end plunge you into some pitfall just for mischief. He will whisper sweet words in your ear and build you a glittering boat and promise to row you down the pleasantest river to paradise itself. Perhaps he will do all he promises. Perhaps he will only land you in a madhouse or a jail. Ambition had taken a fancy to Alfred and never left his side. He would urge him away from his companions and sports, to work over books, always to work and study, and promise to make him a great and useful man. 
There is one strange thing about these fairy people. Beautiful and rich as they are, and free and powerful, they will follow and make their home with the poorest little child, and shelter him with their splendid wings, and light up his pathway with their gleaming crowns. But only on one condition, that the child follow wherever they lead, and is true to the fairies as they are true to him. Which is but fair, you know. Who wants to give advice that is not followed? We all, though at the time we do not know it, choose our own fairies, and, once chosen, they love us and make us love them so well that it is no easy matter to escape from them, or to avoid obeying their advice. So when you see any one, and grown-up men and women have fairies as well as children, who is led about by a wicked fairy, you must pity instead of blaming the sufferer. And if he offend you, you must take care that his fairy doesn't fly into your heart, and frighten away your own, or make you forget, and give unkind answers back. Be very sure no one wants to be bad. Only if a spiteful little spirit perched on your shoulder, and whispered evil thoughts and angry words into your ear, don't you suppose that sometimes you would obey him and believe what he said? Whenever you feel these wicked spirits near, call loud for Violet's fairy love. She will be sure to come, and they know very well they cannot live in her presence, for the light of her starry crown puts out their eyes, and the incense from contentment's urn will take away their breath. If love come, content will be sure to follow, so only keep these fairies near, and you are safe. End of chapter 9 Recording by Susan Burke SueBurkVoice.com